Hey, and welcome to Artists Who Ship. I'm Duncan Trufithic. Artists Who Ship brings together high performers in different creative industries to explore not only what makes them great at their craft, but also what makes them successful freelancers or entrepreneurs. Whilst there's plenty of great resources out there to help you improve your creative skills, whether you're a filmmaker, photographer, illustrator, or in any other creative industry, I think the creative community could do a lot better at sharing knowledge when it comes to the business side of things. The aim of Artists Who Ship is to talk to people doing really well as creative freelancers or entrepreneurs and have them share what they wish they'd known when they were starting out. Today's guest is Matt Haig. Matt has years of experience shooting amazing travel, adventure, lifestyle images for some of the world's biggest outdoor lifestyle brands. He's based in Anchorage, Alaska, but his work takes him to some of the most extreme places on earth. He blogs about his work and his travel experiences at heyphoto.com. So Matt, thanks for being on the podcast. Just for people that don't already know who you are, would you mind just giving a quick background on what it is that you do and how you got into it? Okay, yeah, sure. Um, my name is Matt Haig, and my wife Agnes and I run a photography business um, based in Anchorage, Alaska called Haig Photo. And we do uh, we do advertising and commercial work for um, a lot of different uh, outdoor apparel and equipment companies uh, worldwide. Um, that's primarily what we do. When I first emailed you about the podcast, you were out shooting somewhere and now you're back at home in Alaska, but where were you when I first contacted you? Uh, yeah, let's see. So you contacted us in April. So we were down in, uh, we were down gearing up for a shoot in, uh, Canyonlands National Park in, uh, in Utah. And, uh, that was a, uh, that was a commercial shoot for, for Thermarest. It's at a American brand. They make, uh, sleeping pads and sleeping bags and things like that. Um, yeah, we put together a, uh, what we call like a trip shoot. So it's, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of these brands, they hire us to produce work. That's, uh, that's pretty authentic. It's not, uh, it's not your typical, uh, style of commercial photography. It's, uh, uh, kind of putting all the pieces together. And then, uh, for, uh, for like a trip for like an adventure or a trip or, you know, or some sort of travels, and then uh, you kind of get everything together, and then you kind of just hit play on it and let it uh, let it run its course. And um, you know, you provide a little bit of direction where you need to, um, and then you know, always being prepared to capture those those spontaneous moments. Um, and it's it's kind of like documenting that, and then you know, you get the the work that the client needs from from that trip or that adventure or that that particular project so i'm guessing that that's something that you're that you've become known for now but is that something that you uh, sorry uh yeah that's a, a lot of our a lot of our projects are like what we call trip shoots like that where we you know uh it it, it follows the storyline of a of a certain trip or adventure but we also do do you know dedicated photo shoots where it's uh you know more of a classic commercial photography model where you're working with, uh, you know, an art director or the clients with you, or, you know, you're going out specifically the day is, is, is put together to produce a handful of, uh, 
of uh, signature images or, or video or something like that. Yeah. So the idea of the trip shoot, is that something that you initially started pitching or is that something that the clients, you just saw a, a demand for it and the clients were asking for that style of shooting? Yeah, that kind of, it goes both ways. Um, a lot of our, we, we have about a dozen um, outdoor brands that we do regular work for, like on a, a yearly basis or twice a year, say. And um, so a lot of the times how it works is they'll tell us, you know, what what particular, uh, you know, product line or apparel line or, 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 you know, what aspect of their, of their brand they want us to take on for like a summer or a winter project. And then they'll ask if, uh, uh, you know, what, what we think they'll, uh, actually rely on us pretty heavily to decide on the activity, the location, um, you know, things like that, uh, I think they realize that we're out in the field a lot. And so we build up a pretty, pretty long list of, uh, of places that we want to produce the work. And, um, we've gotten pretty good at matching, uh, you know, matching what like our client needs are with a certain place, you know, um, having expectations of like, Oh, that's going to, you know, combining that activity with this place with these people is going to produce that kind of a style or a mood or a feel that they're looking for. Um, so, it, you know, the meetings are usually okay. So this is this is the project for this this summer shoot. Want you guys to do this, and what do you think? And um, we'll out you know they'll we'll outline some different options and go over the pros and cons of the different options, and then um, uh, t- you know working as a team with them, we'll we'll decide on what the but the, you know, the, choose the, the location activity and put it together from there. How much of a conscious decision was it to uh, get this type of work to, because it seems like you've created your whole, like this is your whole life. It's the, the lifestyle um, around doing this kind of work. I mean, you, you can't do this and have an office in the city at the same time. And so how much of a decision was it to pursue that? kind of work and, and build a life around it? Uh, I don't know how conscious of a decision it was because it, it really happened naturally for Agnes and I. It's um, To do those type of shoots is the real reason that we got into this business. Um, my background is in uh, photojournalism. And so, uh, you know, I, I used to work for news agencies and newspapers and then more into uh, magazines and shooting feature assignments for magazines, but that was uh, that was quite a while ago, and it was me just acting as a you know uh, individual photographer working with a writer or something like that, and going on a per assignment basis. And then um, Agnes and I decided to you know start making uh, spending more time uh, focusing on making photographs when we were out on our, our personal trips and just seeing like what would happen. And, uh, we started to get a really good response from it. Uh, we were just kind of messing around and then we would put the work in front of different outdoor brands and be like, Hey, we were out and we just kind of shot this. What do you think? And they're like, Hey, we love this. Can you guys do more of this? And it just kind of like, bang, it just took off from there. That makes a lot of sense actually, because I think the, the trip style of, of the work that you're doing to me there's much stronger uh, stories in it 
and the the, the story storytelling is much um, is much stronger than in more traditional commercial work. So it makes sense that your to me that your background was in photojournalism. But do you see it that way? Do you think that having that background influenced the way that you work now? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like when we first got started started shooting um, this this work for outdoor brands, um, I really didn't personally feel comfortable offering up direction to uh, to to my subjects, and so uh, some of the first projects we shot were literally just documenting like what happened, and. Some of those turned out okay, and some of those turned out horribly wrong because it was just too authentic. It was too, too rough cut. And so uh, over the years, we started to learn like, oh, you know, um, this is it, it is kind of an organic process, and you don't want to smother your your subject matter, but at the same time, you need to. Uh, we are here to uh, to create work that is that our clients are looking for. And so you do have to finesse it a little bit and you do have to add a little bit of direction now and then. And so, um, it's, it kind of evolved into that. Yeah. But, uh, but definitely on the, the top, you know, talent, having like a story thread to work with, I think that's always been uh, really important to us. And it, it just, it, it helps carry the day or the project because, there's a, uh, you know, things are moving along at a, you know, naturally they're just moving along. You don't have to, um, like the difference being like on a photo shoot day, you're like, okay, we're done with the setup. Let's move to the next setup. But it's not, it's not as, you know, it's not like an, a natural thing that people would do it. You know, it might be like, okay, we're going from this location, we're packing up into vans and now we're going to a different location just to set up a different activity for a photo shoot. Whereas, being out on a trip or an adventure, it's, you know, you have how like a natural day goes. And so you can plan your, your photography around the natural day and just, you know, you kind of, you and your subject, you just move through the the thing at the same pace. It's kind of nice. Would you say it was a, with the types of clients that you're working with, obviously you now have worked with some of the, the biggest uh, most well-known outdoor brands that there are. Um, but would you say it was a kind of slow progression to bigger and bigger projects and bigger clients? Or did you just throw yourself in right at the, the top end from the beginning? It, it definitely was a slow progression. Well, maybe not too slow, but... Um, so let's see, we started working for... I would say like substantial outdoor brands in 2008, 2009. So that's been about, you know, it's been about five years. Um, and it did take a while to, um, kind of prove ourselves to, to some of these, these brands, uh, you know, uh, gaining their trust. Um, cause you know, uh, they might only have so much, uh, prototype samples coming out and so they have to decide who they're going to uh who they're going to work with for such and such campaign because they can't um they might not have the resources to to do like three simultaneous shoots and then you know hope that one you know delivers what they're looking for you kind of have to deliver 
Um, and yeah, yeah. So you have to really, you know, show that if they send you out that you can come back with the goods. So I'm interested more in that, that process of moving between clients and, and going up to the bigger ones, but if we can just like dial it back right to the, the start, how did you initially approach the, the outdoor brands when you were transitioning from the photojournalism work to doing this? How did that happen? How we did it was uh, we just decided, well, we focused on like what we were doing that, you know, doing ourselves personally. And um, we've always been interested in uh, mountain travel, either from mountaineering trips to backpacking and trekking to uh, pack rafting adventures or something like that. So we've always been, um, had an interest in connecting point A to point B through like, you know, mountain wilderness or something like that. So we started kind of, uh, we based our initial projects off of that. It's just like, Hey, instead of just doing this and taking snapshots, let's really, uh, let's, let's add 50% of the time and let's spend, uh, you know, let's, let's really focus on our craft, um, when we're out this next time. And then we took the, the work we produced and, uh, packaged it up and like, I don't know, we put the light box or something like that. And we put it in front of the, the people that we thought would be a good fit for our, you know, for us and for where we were at right then. Like, you know, we didn't put it in front of like the North face or something like that, like right off the bat, because, you know, we knew we weren't ready for those type of projects. We started with some of the, you know, some smaller outdoor brands, um, and also you can kind of get a feel for, uh, what type of clients are into just getting submitted work to them. Uh, they're open to it. Um, like for instance, like the, like Patagonia, the, the clothing company, the, their whole model is based on submissions. They rarely do, they don't do too much commissioned work. So that was a great place to start out. Um, but then there's, you know, Obviously, there's other brands out there that they're like, no, our whole lineup is going to come from, we're going to commission it, and that's going to be our work for the year and then the next year and stuff like that. And they're probably not going to be too open to, you know, to uh, to submissions like like that. When you're going after the, the commission stuff, uh, what's the process like for for pitching and then getting the, the projects? How how long does that typically take? Uh, if it's, if it's going to work, out well i mean it can take it can take like you know it can take a few years sometimes um like there's been there's been clients that we've wanted to work for that we started promoting our work you know putting our work in front of them probably like three years ago and then finally getting like a meeting with their creative staff and you know taking our portfolio and then maybe going in for another meeting and then another meeting and then you know, and then finally, um, you know, either by gaining their trust or by that, you know, that there's like a project that comes along that they feel is a good fit for you. And they're like, okay, you know, we're going to try you guys out on this one. And, and you just got to be ready to do a really kick-ass job on it, you know, impress. Um, but I think like it's going to take probably like at least a year, you know, because, you're going to have to 
introduce them to your work and your brand, who you are, and then, you know, probably going to have to, like, get a meeting with them and then, uh, you know, and then, like, a project to come up. And that's that whole process is probably, like, a calendar year. What would you say, are there any, any specific things which you do? Obviously, you know, we talked about building trust, um, and obviously that's super important, but are there any specific things that you do at that pitching stage to make it easier for them to say yes? Uh, yeah, you know, you can really show them that you know them as a, as a client, um, that you're really familiar with their brand, like what they, what they stand for, what they're, uh, what they're looking for in their, in their photo and video projects. Uh, you know, uh, you can, that, that goes a long way. Um, you can, you know, show that you're familiar with their, their product line, their apparel, their equipment, uh, that, uh, you're actually, you know, it's, it's a really good fit when, you know, we still try to go after clients that we feel are, we're uh, naturally a good fit for, you know, um, that, you know, the, the activity, that you can relate to their athletes and ambassadors, um, that you can hang, you know, hang with them. And, um, you know, most importantly though, that if you're at a meeting, um, I mean, of course you have your, your portfolio, but, uh, what's, what's really important is that you just connect with them like on a personal level. And, um, you know, people are going to want to work with people that they like. So, um, that you're going to get along, that you're going to, you know, do business together. Um, and it's probably equally important just to realize when it's not a good fit and to just kind of, you know, walk away from that too. Uh, that's, that's the worst feeling in the world is when you get on a project and you're, or, you know, you've gone through everything and keep pushing for it and getting everything set up and then you get on the project like, Oh man, this is not a good fit. This is just, you know, shouldn't have taken this one. Um, so it's, you know, again, that process goes both ways too. So what would you say the the hardest part to learn was for you? I mean, obviously you're still learning in terms of the business side and the the craft and the artistry side of things as well. What would you say is the hardest part that you've had to learn? Uh, the hardest part? Um, well, there's definitely a lot to learn about the business side of it. Um, and especially as you start to get part of more and more productions, um, like now we're starting to do, we're starting to do video productions too. And that's, that the business side of that is, is, is kind of different than, you know, doing photography work. Um, uh, I guess you just got to kind of, <laughs> you know, realize that you're going to make some mistakes on the business side of it and, uh, hopefully they're not going to be too, too damaging or uh, too heinous and that you can just learn from them and not make it the next time. Um, then like on the photography side of it, I think that's just, that's just the, the process of being a photographer, you know? I mean, hopefully it's, it's not difficult, but hopefully you're continuing to grow as a, as a photographer. And so like, if you look back on the work that you were doing like five years ago, you should, you, you should look back on it and be like, Oh man, I can't believe I was making those type of pictures and this and that. And, oh, you know, cause that shows that you're, you're growing as an artist and, you know, um, 
progressing there. But I think the the hardest part is the the interactions with the with people and the clients. Um, uh, is you know ma- making a connection with the people that you work with and the people that you work for, and um, you know fi- finding finding those ones that are that are really going to be like long lasting relationships and. It, it, it took a while, you know, it's, it's surprising how important that is, um, you know, in being in, in this business. Um, it's, it's really important. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see other people making? It obviously doesn't have to be anyone specific, but. <laughs> you want me to name names? No, well, you can if you want, but maybe we shouldn't do that. Um. Biggest mistake seeing other people making. I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, that's a hard one. I think. I think. Uh, I don't know about other people, but um, I think the biggest mistake that that we've made is, uh, and I, I that we we talk about often is uh, uh, convincing people to give us jobs that we in the end turned out realized that we totally were not qualified for, we totally were not ready for that. <laughs> that that's, that's probably the biggest mistake we've made. Um, you know, in our, let's see, it's been about, it's been about 10 years that we've been in business together. And we've had a couple instances where, you know, we just kept, you know, opportunities or doors open and it's hard to say, no, but you're kind of feeling weird about it. But then you get out on a job that you're just totally not qualified for. And, uh, um, it's, it can be really, uh, a, a big mistake because it's, you don't, you, you don't get a second chance to make that like first impression on a client. And so if you get them too early and you totally just do not deliver at the, the level that they're expecting, um, you really tarnish that relationship and it's hard to come back to them, you know, even two, three years later and say, okay, Hey, I think I'm ready now because it, you know, they already have their first impression of you. Um, I learned that, uh, that was really hard make, that was a really hard part of making the transition from shooting news assignments to shooting commercial work is because, you know, coming from like a, a freelance news perspective, you just, you, you build up this confidence that you can walk into any situation, size it up, uh, focus on what the, what the story is here, make a publishable image and get out of there in 15 minutes, you know, working on a tight deadline. That's like the job. A lot of times the job of, of, a, of a, a news or a magazine photographer, whereas, so, you know, when you start getting your first, commercial jobs, you're like, oh yeah, you know, wow, I got all day to make these pictures. How hard can it be? And then, um, some of my first commercial shoots while I was making that transition and I'd just be on a, at a location and realizing that I completely did not have the skill set necessary to, to, to produce the work that they were expecting of me. And, oh yeah, those were, that, that was tough. But would you say, would you if you could go back and stop yourself from doing those things, would you? Well, no, I wouldn't stop myself from doing them because, you know, you, you want to be making those mistakes back then. I don't want to be making, you know, because now we know and we've learned 
that was so not obvious. I remember feeling like, wow, I can't believe this. I can't believe that I'm in a situation that I don't feel qualified to make these photographs. And you start, it's like, whoa, so it's not all the same. And that those, uh, those screw ups are really important to progressing, to learning, because that's what sends you back to the, you know, to the drawing board and, and makes you like research things and makes you test things, you know, like when I started getting into commercial photography, you know, commercial work, um, as a news photographer, you might use like one, you know, uh, you use like an off camera flash a lot or just a classic, uh, two light setup for, you know, some portraits or something. But then you start getting these situations where it's a lot more complex and, there's a lot more going on and stuff and you're like, Oh man, you got to manage all this. And so, you know, it, those, uh, those strips, um, you know, they really hammer at home that you have to, uh, you got to learn more that you have to spend time on your own, uh, testing things out, you know, so that you can screw up before you got to go and do it, you know, uh, on game day, you know? So, those are, those are really important. And I mean, if you didn't, if you don't, if you don't screw up, like, you know, embarrassment is a really, uh, <laughs> it's a really good feature, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it stings and you just, you're like, oh man, I don't want to find myself in that situation again. Yeah. But you work in some pretty extreme, uh, environments some of the time, don't you? Uh, so how many, have any of those screw ups been like dangerous ones? Have you ever, had any close calls? Uh, you know, not so many like close calls out on our projects. I mean, on some of our, on some of our adventures, we've been, um, you know, we've had some things go wrong. Uh, it's not too often. Again, those are really, uh, powerful learning experiences, you know, um, and thankfully, they've only resulted like in us spending like an extra night out, maybe without not enough to eat or something. Or, um, but uh, on some of like our, our mountaineering projects, we've uh, gotten involved with other things that have happened to other people, and you know, you're you're kind of uh, you, you know you're kind of bound to to assist with that, but. Um, no, nothing, nothing too heinous though. Uh, yeah, mostly just discomfort, you know, yeah. just like minor suffering, which yeah, type two fun, you know, <laughs> okay. fun later. Yeah. Talking about it at the, at the pub. Yeah. <laughs> it's better to have a good story than a good time. <laughs> In the long run. Yes. Yeah. In the long run. Cause actually I, Let's take the opportunity to thank you for taking the time to give me advice before I uh, left to go shoot in the north of Norway. Because I think it was just a couple of things like, um, you know, keeping the batteries warm uh, in your jacket. And, um, you know, I think maybe you said like use mittens instead of gloves, stuff like that. It was just little helpful Mm -hmm. bits of advice. Uh, But I still ended up like freezing my ass off several times but it was worth it <laughs> great I'm, I'm glad that that was helpful i really enjoyed uh watching your video that was uh and that was a great idea for uh for a piece too i thought um and i thought it was well done i like how you built up you built up to the the sunrise you know 
Yeah, thank Great. you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with it. And um, it's potentially leading to some some uh, work for clients doing maybe something like that. We'll see. So that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, so I'm obviously I don't want to take up too much of your time because you are super busy. But just just um, questions to finish up, if that's okay. Yeah, sure, Duncan. So if you could give one piece of advice to your 20 year old self, what would that be? Oh man, 20 year old self? Oof, boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I probably would just, I don't know. Uh, uh, don't worry about making mistakes. Just make them sooner. <laughs> Get them over with. Okay. That's, that's one piece of advice. That's good. Um, and are there any specific books that you have learned a lot from yourself or you, you uh, give to gifts as to other people? Let's see. Uh, you know, there was a book, um, there's a book by uh, a writer named John McPhee called, uh, coming into the country. And, uh, it's this, uh, it's this nonfiction about this time that he spent in, um, uh, this, this certain part of Alaska on the Yukon river. And, um, I think that that really inspired me to, uh, get into, uh, telling stories about different aspects of Alaska. So, um, you know, that, that's a book that I learned a lot about, about, about narrative, about story, about how, um, you don't have to travel across the planet to find good stories. They can be like, you know, in your, in your home state, in your home turf. Um, but, uh, I do, I do read a lot of books about, uh, photography or, you know, different things. Um, I really love, uh, Galen Rowell's books. Um, I really like how he talked about in, in all of his books. He kind of would write about the, the journey he was on and the type of photography he was doing and the people he met. And it was all just like one thing you could tell that, you know, he kind of like saw it as all one and the same as all part of the same thing. And, um, I, I think I learned a lot from, from reading, you know, reading and, and looking at his, his work. Okay. And who's the first person that comes to mind when you hear the word successful? Successful? Yeah. Uh, first person. Oh man, like ten people have already came to mind. Okay, well, uh, it can be ten. First one that... <laughs> <laughs> it can be ten. Uh, uh, so many people, but like, I don't know. I guess Steve Jobs. <laughs> um, that would actually yeah, that I might have been the first one for me as well. Yeah, that's like I guess that's the first person. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. That's. Thank you so much for for um, taking the time out of your super busy schedule to um, to have a chat. That was really good. Yeah. Sure. What's? uh, Tell me about your podcast. So the idea is. So you're the first person I've interviewed. Um, I'm talking to um, another guy called Ed Moore on Monday, um, and he's Mm -hmm. a cinematographer um, from the UK. So he does like lots of um, movies that are on TV in in England, um, and Great. I'm just in contact with a few more people about booking dates in. But the the idea of it is to talk to people in different 
creative field um, about um, how they got their start and some of the business side of it as well, because I find that there's lots of people talking about the craft and that's great, but Mm -hmm. I've just found that there's less material out there for people to learn from about how to deal with building relationships with clients and some of that side of things. Yeah. And so I just want to help get some of that information out there and easier for people to get hold of. Yeah, I, I would agree. That, yeah, there's, there's a lot of online content or podcasts about, you know, uh, making better pictures or, you know, trying different lighting techniques or things like craft-based, but as far as, like, business. And then most of the business ones seem to be pointed towards social media and networking, but as far as, like, you know, business 101, yeah, there's not much out there. Um, I was just having a conversation with our uh, with our summer intern, um, and I was telling her about, because she was asking, like, she's like, so, so how do you get, you know, how do you get clients? How do you get that, and how do you get that kind of work? And I was explaining to her, just, you know, start to think about what kind of work you think you're suited for. Like what do you think is a good match and what would you like to be doing and find some inspiration and then just go start doing it, you know, first. And I was, you know, explaining to her like that process of creating the work that you, you want to be doing. And then, then, you know, start putting it in front of the right people and, you know, and, and, and going from there. But if you don't, if you don't have anything to put in front of the people, in front of the right people then you know you're you're lacking so you got to kind of start that process yeah because like in your case I mean who wouldn't say that you know I want to go travel the world and take amazing pictures like if you can't just go into a meeting and say I just want to do that and not have anything to back it up yeah right because you know they you know (laughs) well I think I want to do this you know this for you guys and they're like okay well that's great um so do like you know a hundred other people that have contacted this week, but, um, it's definitely more powerful in this business. Well, maybe in, maybe in all businesses, if you can show that you can do it, you know, if you can give them something tangible other than just, you know, having your word and your personality to back that up, that's, that's super important. But being able to show that you've done some of it on your own, you know, that, uh, you, you kind of like have something to sell there then. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, sure thing, Duncan. It was really uh, really good talking with you. And I'll I'll let you know when it's up. Okay. That sounds great. I look forward to uh look forward to seeing what you put together. All right. All right. See you. Take care, man. You too.